0: everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 251 with our review of Insidious Chapter 2. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
1: I'm Carson Patrick.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. How are you doing tonight, Carson?
1: Uh, pretty well. How about yourself?
0: Not too bad. I mean, uh... Earlier, you know, I was having some weird sort of like activity pianos playing on their own and, you know, strange things like that. But uh, things have been settling down and uh, I think, you know, I got my dice out and I think I've driven away these weird evil spirits.
1: Dude, that that was totally me. Okay, I was trying to play. I was trying to play your favorite song. Uh How could you not recognize (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know, maybe I was just too creeped out to recognize it I mean, I, it did seem suspicious, because uh, that, that song felt so familiar, but um, Yes Yeah, I, 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 mean, feel, I feel much better now that I know it was you
1: Ah, uh, yes And not uh, somebody else
0: Yeah, Carson, um, we are here to talk about Insidious Chapter 2 uh, before we get started, why don't you kind of let everybody know what you thought of Insidious Chapter 1. Just do a quick little recap, just so everybody will know the context as we get into our review moving forward.
1: Uh, I Overall, I wasn't really a fan. I think uh, I enjoyed some of the hot mess style <laughs> toward the end of the movie um, when Patrick Wilson was up in like uh, a meatloaf video. At the end, with Darth Maul up in his like <laughs> doll lair uh, with like leftover dolls from Dead Silence, uh, yeah, I, like I enjoyed that. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of weirdness going on. I think I enjoyed. That's why I think like I would give it a rental rental status. Um, yeah, it wasn't terrible. I appreciated their ability to make something pretty uh substantial out of something out of like a really low budget like i th- i think the budget was like less than a million dollars on that first movie all right so i was impressed by that and um i think we both agree that i think after you saw it i remember you tweeted like yeah like insidious would have been a lot better if it had an Oiko boingo score <laughs> which i wholeheartedly agree like that would have made that movie way more entertaining. Uh, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, as as you just quoted me, like I I, I found it really hard to take the film seriously. Uh, just it's not because of the story. I actually think the story is really interesting, and when I when I think back and reflect upon my viewing of Insidious, uh, the first. One, the city's chapter one, as we'll call it, even though that's not the official title. Uh, you know, I, I like what it was doing. I like the overall story, and I love some of the um, the mythology they created with the way the this group of paranormal investigators does their investigation. Like everything with the weird gas mask, and like just those scenes, I thought were really great. And the idea of this, uh, the I forget what they call it, but being able to transform your presence into walking in the whatever <laughs> I forget what they call that
1: stuff I, I I don't remember they're like ghosting or something
0: yeah what was whatever it is like <laughs> that the whole idea of that was really cool and uh, you know like I, at the time I just couldn't get into that film at all because the what they were putting on the str- uh, screen in front of me was really hard for me to just take seriously as a creepy horror film and but like like just thinking about it I like the potential of what it did and what it tried to do and how it conveyed certain elements of the story. So um, while the first one didn't work for me, I kind of appreciate it more than I enjoyed it, which I I think is uh, a a theme for me this week because that's exactly how I described uh, the family. But
1: yeah, I mean, I I forgot a lot of the major plot points of the first movie all i remember was the ridiculous stuff so like when this movie picks up right where the last one left off i was kind of like oh yeah this person's dead or whatever like i <laughs> I, I yeah i forgot i forgot like how it kind of they kind of recapped it a little bit but i was uh i i it kind of escaped my memory
0: See, it's funny I, I actually had the exact opposite experience I forgot the stuff that I didn't like about it and I only remembered the main story arcs instead of the actual uh, supposedly creepy elements of the film I just remembered you know the, the basic plot beats so when it picked right back up I was kind of like oh cool I see what they're doing here that's that's interesting um, so I mean we'll, we'll we'll get into that as we get into the review but that is uh you know that that is our kind of recapping of how we are approaching this film as we watch it that's our opinions of the first film let's get into uh, what we thought of insidious chapter two let's take a listen to the trailer and then uh, jump right into that review
1: we're oh,
0: gonna be at grandma's house for a little bit if gonna bother us. Not anymore. We have our son back. We are a family again. Daddy! Still happening. What is? It? Tell us. What does she want?
1: I heard voices in the hallway. Is there something wrong with Daddy, Mom? That was haunting my family. It's not done with us.
0: I know what happened. I went into that place to get our son back. And something evil followed me. Get out of my head! There's someone standing in front of you. He's talking to you. What's he saying? He's got your baby. 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 All right. So here we have Insidious Chapter 2. Uh, You know, as the name suggests, it is chapter two in what, I don't know if it was originally thought of to be a (laughs) multi-part series, but... (laughs) I don't think so. We'll just pretend like it was. This film literally takes place uh, right after the events of that other one. Yes. And highly, like, the opening of this film is not only partially recapping, but giving more significance to the events of the last film, and, you know, carries forward this plot of... You know, in in, in Insidious Chapter 1, we had a boy who could, uh, we'll just call it Spirit Walk. And, um, you know, he goes into a coma because he's kind of stuck Spirit Walking and can't get out. And the father has to tap into some old ability he had from when he was younger to Spirit Walk and go in and try to find his son and bring him back to our reality. This film takes place right after all those events uh, happened. And, you know, the family's all back, but, uh, you know, Daddy's acting a little weird, and there's some weird stuff happening around the house, and everybody's getting more and more freaked out as more and more events sort of uh, unfold. So, Carson, that's all I'm going to say about the plot, but uh, what did you think of this film?
1: Uh, I miss Darth Maul. (laughs) I could have yeah uh this movie was a really dry to me uh again uh, well first of all i didn't like it as much as the first one even though like i just said i didn't really enjoy the first one all that much to begin with but um i uh thought that this one kind of left behind the antics that made the first movie enjoyable, to me at least, um, which I thought this movie could have used. They do have some, don't get me wrong. Uh, I was particularly fond of Crazy Patrick Wilson. We could have gotten some more of that. Um, But what Insidious 2, Chapter 2, I mean, it basically amounts to, like, have you ever wanted to see what is essentially... The Shining meets Back to the Future, like it's, <laughs> which sounds like a great proposition, but it does not come off as awesome as it sounds in the, in this movie, in this iteration of that idea. Like I, I, I guess I can say like I commend them for like whether or not I, like we said we don't know if they had originally planned it to be two movies or not. Um, I don't think they did, but. If they didn't, then I commend them for coming up with a continuation to this story that kind of feels like it's cohesive. Like, it it was kind of like a Hangover 3 status where I was like, wow, they kind of tied that in pretty nicely to the other two movies. Um, here, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, the plot of this movie is, like, very unnecessarily convoluted, but at least it, like, kind of all syncs up, and you're like, okay, well, I can see this as a whole. Like, if you were to watch it as, you know, a three-hour movie or whatever, as one giant movie. Um, But overall, like, I mean, it was kind of just same old, same old. Like, and, you know, my girlfriend was telling me, like, well, you know, The Conjuring was basically the same old, same old. And I agree, like, they're, they both have, like, the same sort of generic mold, but, like, for me, The Conjuring was another movie that I appreciated more than I really enjoyed, but at least with that film, I feel like um, there was a little more of a classier approach to it, and um, in my opinion, I think that, you know, th- it was a lot calmer than most horror movies today, like, I feel like it, you know, the scares and everything took a backseat to the story. Uh, Like the story came first and which I thought that was, that was good. Like it was obviously they were in a a throwback to like how they kind of made horror movies back in the day. And like, I think that just overall the, the story and the characters in that film were a lot more interesting and intriguing than the characters and the story in insidious and in the sequel. So, I mean, yeah, they're both, like, haunted house movies, um, but I feel like The Conjuring was at least a little more of a higher degree. And and this one, it's like, yeah, like, James Wan definitely knows his way around a jump scare. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there were plenty, there were several times where I was like, oh, like, you you know, you got me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, like, definitely, for sure, but i feel like in this one he's just kind of on autopilot like there's not really anything special to it it just feels like it just feels really generic and um especially by the end when there's a lot of like shining vibes going on and uh not so much in a good way like i think that it almost feels like it borrows too heavily but uh Yeah, like I I, I just figured, or I just overall, I thought that it was pretty generic. Like it wasn't terrible, but it, uh, I mean, I've pretty much forgotten like, you know, half the movie already. So I don't think it's anything that's memorable, even though like half the theater erupted in applause when it ended. I was just like, okay, great. Like, I guess if you're into it and you like, you really like the first movie um then yeah it'll play really well to you but uh for me it was wasn't so much
0: yeah i i uh you know once again and the theme in this i think i appreciate it a little more uh than you do uh i not that i think it was a great film or anything but i actually like i as you said, like I have to kind of applaud them for coming up with an after-the-fact story that feels like it's really meant to be there. Like it, this, I mean, it, a lot of films get the you know the two moniker thrown onto them, but this is the first one that literally feels like chapter two of a single story. And you know, clearly they're they're opening it up to continue for a chapter three. They're probably gonna try to go saw treatment on this, but yeah. like it, I I think it I think it's kind of working. Like they've uh not only did they take everything that was established in, in the first Insidious and use that to as the basis for the mythology of this one. But they've used the events of this one to set up the um, mythology of any uh, films that come after it in the series. Like they've, they've established a new set um, which is impossible to even mention without being like super spoilery, but just the, the crew that, that does the investigating of places, their new addition to their team, I'll say, um, by the end of this film, it sets up a really interesting concept for um, possible future films that... I, I think even though these two are kind of same old, same old, I think wherever they go with the third one, because of this setup, there's potential to actually have a really original, interesting um, thing happening, uh, which,
1: like I yeah, said... Yeah, they've clearly set... They've clearly set it up to milk this cash cow for as long as they can. Like with the the world of uh the further I think yeah. that's what it's called, yeah. Yeah. With the further they've set up like a whole universe where it's like to go off of. A lot of a lot of jumping off points.
0: Yeah, and and I think that those jumping off points could potentially be pretty interesting. Like I think I think where they could go, not that I, I, I I don't want to say that I have hope that they will do this, but where they go from here could potentially be greater than the sum of both the first parts of the series. Um, it just it has the potential to be some pretty awesome stuff that they're gonna do. But like once again, uh, these the the scare imagery in this film kind of falls flat for me. Uh, it borderlines on silly. Like the first time we really see any sort of like real uh, ghostly image. Uh, like I kind of almost laughed out loud, like just uh, it, it involves somebody being slapped. <laughs> and like, as soon <laughs> as that happened, like it just, it, it, it was impossible for me to be scared by it. Cause it just seems so ridiculous, like an SNL skit almost in a way. And I kind of feel like a lot of the scares in this series have that same vibe, you know, like obviously we were joking about the Oingo Boingo stuff, the uh, Darth Maul demon um, the little kid in his, like, newsy outfit, like, dancing around to the, right. the gramophone. Uh, like, those kind of – that imagery isn't scary to me. It just it just feels really, really silly. And this film does that. But, like, this, this idea of the further and the mythology of it, and I'm not sure I'm super excited with uh, the – like, I, I actually really liked how they played with the events of the first film – the events of the like opener to this episode or this film and then the film as a whole the kind of way they mess with time i thought was interesting there were other times where they were kind of messing with time that i didn't think worked as well yeah. um but in, in general I, I i like what they were doing i like the, what they were going for and they there once again there's certain paranormal investigative techniques that they've invented for this film that I'm sure have been used in the past but I just really really liked the guy with his dice um I for some reason like the dice was an amazing uh both, both amazing tension builder and uh just I just loved the way it was used in in those scenes like even when you know exactly what's going to happen or what the answer is going to be simply by having a character use dice to try to find the answer, it takes away the, not the predictability of it, but but it takes away the uh, negative aspect of being able to predict what the answer is. Like, if you're just watching a normal movie and you're like, oh, like, this is going to happen. Like, if if you're going like, oh, this person's going to fall down the stairs. Uh, If they fall down the stairs, you're like, see, I knew it. But if you're predicting an event happening and there is some artificial thing, in this case, the die, that forces you to... Be anticipating the answer whether or not you're correct like it there I don't know something about it worked really really well for me Um and just you know obviously those the the two crew member guys who are the two the two people in the investigation crew who I believe are also the writers um at least they were in the first film I think uh, like you know they have their like jokey silly moments and stuff like that but I I don't know like that something about everything in this film works obviously um i'm a huge fan of patrick wilson so anything he's doing is going to be fun but in general the further the people who investigate paranormal activities the cast like everything in this film works except for the visual elements that are supposed to be scary so i don't know
1: yeah uh, i i do like the the two guys the two paranormal guys uh the one guy the guy with the glasses he's the writer okay the other dude is just his buddy <laughs> gotcha. uh yeah no i like their shtick i like their stuff in the first movie which was uh their welcome comic relief i also really liked i did like the opening of this one um i liked how they got the girl from House of the Devil as young Barbara Hershey. And, and
0: they ADR'd that, right? Uh,
1: no, that's my next thing, is that the, 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 the actor that they got for young... Uh, what, her character name was Elise. Yeah. She... I, either she like was a dead ringer for like uh like a spot-on impression or they did adr her i don't know i felt like they did but
0: i I felt like they did too because the second she started speaking i was like like it took me a second to realize exactly what's going on but but i was like no did they totally just use the other the older lady's voice i'm like this is awesome It,
1: it sounded very much that way like that thought definitely crossed my mind um yeah, because, I mean, it sounded exactly like the old lady's voice. Yeah. Um, who knows? Like I said, she could just be, like, a really good impressionist, but I don't know.
0: I I felt visually she looked like her, too, even though, like, looking yeah, at photos of them, they don't exactly look alike. But in, during, in the context of the film, like, I totally was like, man, that is uncanny.
1: Yeah, no, like I said, like, those two characters are really well – their younger versions are really – well cat even the guy the the guy with the dice like his younger counterpart was looked like when he first like his when the older version like first stepped into the into the frame i was kind of like is that the same actor just like in older makeup <laughs> uh but no it was a different guy uh yeah so but other than that, I mean, I... Oh, well, I was going to mention that this movie... Because I, I said that I really liked how they were able to do kind of a lot with the small amount of money that they had on the first movie. Well, obviously, with the sequel, they got a little more... Not much, but I think the budget on this one was like $5 million or something. Okay. Uh, but somehow... The sequel looks like worse than the first movie. Like, I thought this movie just looked really, really cheap and like home video ish, especially anytime they busted out their cameras. Um, I just, it just looked really, really cheap to me. Like, that, and that also like lent to like the phoniness of it all. Like, it felt like, you know, they're all on autopilot, like, not really caring. But I don't know. That's, that was like another, like, like big problem that i had and they I, used the, a lot of like the the video cam like them filming when they're in the the abandoned hospital and stuff so it just i don't know it didn't really help the movie in yeah, my opinion
0: yeah i think those scenes where they're using the, the their little like handheld cameras and walking around and like it almost felt like they're trying to capitalize on the found footage uh, yeah craze but uh, yeah all that stuff kind of took me out of the film but uh, in in general, I didn't think the film looked overly cheap. I mean, it definitely didn't look like a million bucks up on the screen, but uh, I mean
1: like anytime they were in the houses or anything, that was fine. but then, I don't know there were just some scenes where it just looked like whoa, like I don't know, especially the whole like kind of scene at the end where they're like in the basement like that just I don't know if it was just the way they lit it or whatever. it just looked really, really cheap to me. Um, which is weird because like I said, you'd think that they would have, I don't know. I felt like that they did, I felt like they did more in the first movie than they did in this one in terms of budget, like getting the most for their, the most bang for their buck.
0: Yeah. Well, they had to the first time. Now they're, they're able to just <laughs> rest a little bit.
1: Now they're like, yeah, oh, whatever.
0: Maybe they, maybe they spent the same amount of money and they took the rest of that money and just catered really great food every day. <laughs>
1: They had the best catering ever. <laughs> uh who knows? Yeah, I don't know.
0: All right. Well, uh do you have any uh, spe- uh, other specific things you want to talk about for this film? Yeah, they,
1: they had to pay Patrick Wilson's dental bills. Uh No, I think I don't know, I think I've covered pretty much you know, all that I could say, I guess. Yeah, I am giving anything away?
0: I I, I, I- I think that I mean obviously we'll get into this in just a just a moment, but I, I think this is one of those things where it's like if you were a big fan of Insidious, which I believe it was received pretty well. At least it seems like in chat or I've heard that a lot of people enjoyed it more than I did. Uh, yeah, wh- no, it when got it came a lot out.
1: of it. It got a lot of praise. Like I remember it played like a lot of horror festivals before it came out. Yeah. People were, people were saying like, oh, this is one of the scariest movies ever. Like, James Wan is back, and blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, so I think I think if you were in that camp, I I would assume that you would really be into this film. Like, that's just... Yeah. It, it does a lot to, um, to join the two together and make this feel truly like a second chapter as opposed to just some sequel that got made. Like, it, it feels like it's a continuation of the story, like, literally... Um, As you said before, you could watch these back to back as like a three hour movie and it would totally work. And it might even actually improve uh, both of them because, you know, obviously there's things that happen between them that you will get greater significance for uh, once you've seen both of them. So seeing them together as one film would be uh, actually an interesting experiment. So,
1: yeah, I'm sure they'll release like the double Blu-ray edition combo pack you know
0: yeah a week before the third chapter comes out (laughs) yeah
1: where it's like they've combined it's like when they uh whenever they decide to release uh kill bill as a whole it'll be like that where they'll they'll combine like both movies and have like the insidious mega edition
0: is he ever going to bring that edition to theaters the back-to-back single edit film
1: of kill bill yeah yeah, they did it uh like a couple years ago at the New Beverly. They uh-huh. did the whole bloody affair where they screened the uh they screened it there. It was the the can the version that they showed at Cannes, which was the full version. Gotcha. So but they like, did, bo- they haven't given it a ago. real release though, right? They haven't given it any kind of like theatrical or home video release yet. Which gotcha. is weird because they I don't know why well, I don't know what they're waiting for.
0: Yeah, I think I mean I they definitely should do it because everybody either likes the first one better or the second one better. Yeah. Like nobody is like I love them both completely. Like everybody's like oh this is the best one or that's the best one. So like Yeah. All the people who like the other the other one would totally want this new one together because it I, I don't I just think I it, don't
1: I mean I like them both equally. Like yeah, obviously there's one that's more outlandish than the other, obviously. You know, one has like way more action and is more action packed than the other. But well,
0: yeah that that's that's the argument is like, do you like the action packed one or do you like the one with the good story? And like, the, yeah, the talky version. That's like the divide. But if those were edited together as one single thing, it would be like, I really like Kill Bill.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was cool to see them together. Like, I, I mean, you know, those movies are great as two separate entities but i've ever seen it i guess together it's like four hours dude like it i can't remember if they had an intermission i think they had like maybe like a 10 minute intermission huh but it like it did not feel at all like four hours It, it really felt cohesive and uh yeah it was it was it was pretty cool
0: yeah all right, well, we, we aren't here to talk about Kill Bill, <laughs> <laughs> volumes one or volumes anyway. two. Anyway, so uh, let's just get back to to our verdicts for this film, Insidious Chapter Two. Uh, no, no five point exploding palm action in this film.
1: There, there should have been though.
0: <laughs> so Carson, if you were going to give this a must see, recommend it with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it?
1: Uh, I would give it a pass, the caveat being, uh, please release Kill Bill, The Whole Bloody Affair, (laughs) on DVD Blu-ray, because, yeah, I mean, if you, if you like the first Insidious, you're probably gonna like this, although, online, it seems like a lot of people were kinda indifferent about the second one, but, in terms of, like, regular movie-going audience, audiences, uh, they ate this shit up, man, uh, so... Yeah, um, it's there's a good chance you're gonna like the second one if you like the if you really like the first one, um, and like I said, there's obviously some good scares in it. Patrick Wilson being crazy was entertaining to watch, but other than that, like, I just think that it's forgettable.
0: Yeah, overall. I think it probably deserves a pass with a caveat. Also. I'm almost approaching uh, uh, Wait for Rental beca- simply because I really think they could do something potentially awesome with a third. And if you're going to watch that one, you will definitely need this one for the context of the third. Otherwise, that third will make zero sense when that paranormal crew shows up with uh, hmm. everybody that they now have on their team. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, I think, I think quality-wise, if I'm just evaluating this by itself, it's definitely a pass with a caveat um, but I think if you, like I said before, if if you, like if you watched the night before you were gonna go see this in theaters or the day you were seeing this in theaters, if you watched the first one and like were super into it, I, I think this will be able to fulfill your need for enjoyment um, to get you through it. Uh, and like I said, possible third film could potentially be awesome. So there you go.
1: Well, it's it's happening. So. <laughs> Get ready.
0: Well, I don't. I don't know what the story is or how much they're going to rely on the elements that are set up right at the end of this film. But if they do, it could be super sweet.
1: I guess we'll have to see in two years when it comes out.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there you have it. Two passes with caveats from Carson and I. That was our review of Insidious Chapter Two. Carson, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that?
1: Uh, you can go online to practicalcandy.wordpress.com.
0: Cool. And people can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash Uh, You can find all the back episodes of the show over at thespoilerwarning.com. You can figure out when these episodes go live by following us at Twitter.com slash or liking us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Um, music for this episode will come from somewhere. I don't know if there's a soundtrack to this. We're like, so far we're like 2-0. and oh, uh, Or I should say 0-2 <laughs> oh for finding soundtracks for our films. I, I did end up using Goodfellas soundtrack for oh, the, good. the family episode. <laughs> um, so hopefully there is an insidious soundtrack. If not, I'll play something... I'm sure
1: there you can get the the first soundtrack, the first yeah. score, because well, I'm pretty sure that was just the same score recycled, yeah. the same like clanging pots and pans noise. It's
0: it's definitely possible, and uh, but if not, maybe I'll throw some Oingo boingo in there or something.
1: <laughs> the true score,
0: <laughs> though this one I think uh, could have been less improved with Oingo boingo than the first one could have.
1: Um I still think it could have improved it.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Carson, thank you for joining me.
1: Uh yes, thank you for having me.
0: And uh we will catch you guys all this weekend for a review of Prisoners. Later everybody. No <laughs> one